You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 435th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer out in Western Massachusetts. I, Spencer, am sitting here in the lovely confines of our video studio, as are you. Mm-hmm. And I must notice what the little guy, Matt Allen, is wearing tonight. Did oh. not say anything in the green room. Little guy. An eagle eye you have. <laughs> it has finally happened. You have created the limited edition collab project of a dumpstered puffy jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah. Now, okay, before we get to the price tag, which is obviously going to be in the multiple hundreds of dollars. Yeah, it's custom. Our, our cost of goods, we need to come up with this, um, you know, the bill of materials here. and But also we need to sell it. So first of all, we're going to work on the marketing. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to have a puffy short sleeve jacket mm-hmm. puffy specific for cycling? And the, the specialized Fall Raven inspiration is $300. Yeah. $300. Yeah. There's an Envy one, too, that I think is even more. I, I got to oh, say. <laughs> what is going on? I got to say, it's it's pretty comfy. Uh, my arms are breathing, Fairly. and the rest of me is toasty. Um, not bad is for uh, around it, oh. the house. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, low 60s here in, in the house right now. It's, uh, it's comfy. Uh-huh. So I did not know wow. what this thing was going to look like, and we will have a picture on our Instagram, Twitter Email us. They will be there. Oh, it's already on Instagram. <laughs> just, I got to tell just you. Just a peek. Just a peek. <laughs> the, the colors are exactly what I would imagine Little Guy to pick out if it was uh-huh. not a thrift store puffy. Yeah. It's pretty good. Now, okay. So this is going to be a shorter segment than I thought because I thought we were really going to have to workshop how to sell this thing. But Little Guy is saying, I would buy this. Little Guy is raising his hand and saying, this is a product I can get behind. I mean, for the cost that I have into it, yes. Okay, okay. I'm now, uh, I'm enjoying okay. it around the house. I, you know, this is like one of those weird things. You think it looks funny, and then you you got to go outside eventually, and you're gonna uh-huh. feel self conscious. I think I'm gonna feel weird walking around outside now, in a okay. puffy short sleeve so winter jacket. There- this is the crux of the whole thing. Somebody invented this short sleeve yeah. puffy coat and had the same reaction as you. It was like, this is amazing. They're probably, you know, just whoever. It doesn't matter who they are. Then they went outside and were like, oh, I'm getting weird looks. This mm-hmm. is, oh, what can I do? How can I sell this? This is a million dollar idea. I need to find a segment of the population that is totally okay walking into public spaces looking ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Looking yep. like a clown. Yep. Yeah. Hence, it is being marketed to cyclists. Mm-hmm. No, nope. perfect thinking. You're right. The same people that would so, hang out at the coffee shop in their, in their spandex and think they're uh-huh. the coolest looking ones there. It is true. Uh, little guy, I did I did go to the Instagram page. There is a small but beautifully, tastefully done photo yeah, just a sneak of peek. what is clearly a prototype um and the reason i'm saying that is the, the <laughs> oh, stitching no. well, yeah. the stitching leaves a lot to be to a lot to um want yeah um i have several friends in garment production that would see that and um they're they're probably going to jump on it they're going to call me for the uh, you know the template 
mm-hmm. in everything. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well done. Six months in the making since the Fjall Raven <laughs> collab came to line, yeah. which is right on track with how long it takes to make manufacture. Yeah, um, this is yeah, I new mean, cycle Tim, clothing. So we're not looking to launch this until at least S S one twenty four probably. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll have a season two color palette as well for twenty four, oh. and then we'll, mm-hmm. we're already getting to work on twenty five and twenty six uh, as yeah. well. Looking at the trend reports, I think little guys on that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean on my um, end, it was just getting the um, getting the manufacturing space off the ground. I had to get the sewing machine <laughs> out of the corner where it usually is, and I had to take it uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. clear a little room off on the table to put it on. Uh-huh. And I had uh-huh. to get uh, my worker, so, underpaid worker, so, Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin, to help uh-huh. me. Now, I'm, pin I'm, it. Oh, I'm really. Oh no, that's going to get us in some legal trouble yeah. potentially. So, so your 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 six year old um, was helping you replace the bobbins in the sixteen year old, helping you, you know, reach into the uh, sewing machine, replace the bobbins, uh-huh. fix threads. Well, they got, those, like, they got yeah. those little fingers. Yeah. So yeah. they, they, now, little guy, they work the foot pedal. This, this short sleeve puffy jacket, which is all the rage, all the rage. The next question is, will there be puffy three quarter pants to match? Oh my uh, god! Well, and will they be a one piece? <laughs> Tim, you never go full Michelin, man. <laughs> I uh, I save the arms with, with the hope of uh, making some some shorts, puffy arm warmers. Yeah, puffy oh, arm warmers. I would like to make shorts with it, but um, like you said, my stitching is not exactly <laughs> industry <laughs> so, standard. So, I do what's have to the tech features here? Do we have front hand pockets? Do you have uh, a zipper? Like I got pockets. Wow. I got a zipper. Yeah. I got snaps. I don't know if you can hear the snaps there. I got a uh, snaps. I got a hood. Put my uh, hood up. Ooh, hoods always hoods are always okay. important. Right. Big big deal. I'm um, envisioning uh, um, you know some epic photographs uh, riding in the rain, putting yes. the hood up. Yeah. Going to the co-op. Yeah. Going Just to the co-op. I'm looking out yeah. over a vista as I enjoy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Lots of bike. lots of pictures with your mouth open, but kind of like angry looking. Like mm-hmm. there should be no smiling in any photo of you in this, even though it is a top level. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> brings me joy, but not that kind of joy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Look, I, I'm proud of you for finally getting this off the ground. Thanks, um, guys. And the, the likes are coming in on Instagram. Well done. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, lots going on in the world of cycling as we lead up into the Juro. But let's take us turn down swerve street and talk a little bit about american cycling in our favorite pastime criterium racing (laughs) where perhaps the biggest news in american cycling this week was the introduction of the second professional crit criterium racing circuit international it's international this is cycle criterium racing international tour um that's a mouthful this is the this is the uh the justin and Corey williams legion of la backed organization uh-huh. that will be uh i don't know what makes it international yet because they have yet to announce where the races are going to be <laughs> maybe it's just <laughs> the, the classic press release <laughs> they might be in sacramento again because they did do a race three years ago there or two I mean, they had the Philly International Classic for a long time. And as far as I know, that was Philly hasn't moved anywhere. What do you mean the Philly Classic? They're they're involved with Philly? No, No, just that they I was making a joke about international, but it went over your head. So it's fine. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. I got it now. That was a good one, Spencer. Thank you. Yeah. Top notch stuff. Yeah. So so maybe they go into Canada um, or Cancun, Mexico City. Canada is another country. When people say, "Hey, have you been? Have you been? You traveled abroad a lot?" I'm always like, "Yeah," and then I just well, leave I it at that. I don't say anything there else. There could be a, there could be a, a, you know, they could be international going into uh, Mexico. Uh, I think Legion has had the road national champion of Mexico before. On their yes, team. they have. So yes, a, on on both sides. Uh, so, so the champion of Belize. So after the um, that that is correct the the Belize uh, national champion uh, Justin Williams, um, so I remember a uh, immediately after the press release comes out, 
of the crit series, mm-hmm. there's immediately um, someone just standing up saying, I've never been betrayed like this before. Was it because you? It was not me. <laughs> okay. But with All anything right. that anything that the Williams are involved with, there's controversy that follows. Um, yeah. And this is uh, after months of meetings, Wasserman, which is the... Uh, the agency working with the Williams brothers um, went okay. radio silent on the entrepreneur that pitched them the idea of a crit series. Now there are several crit series that have happened <laughs> since the dawn of time, but this entrepreneur feels really just robbed and okay, he's not wait, affiliated and he's on. not affiliated with the NCL, which is the other series. So anyways, yeah, okay. put this all together. Yeah, I was just going like, to clarify this. <laughs> so there's NCL that launched a couple weeks back with in their Miami first Beach. race in Miami. Yep. NCL, National Criterium League, or National Cycling yeah. League, whatever it is. Then there's the Crit series by the Williams Brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now there's a third well, party <laughs> who is saying, I also had a Crit series idea but the Williams yeah. brothers stole it. Yeah, or the, or the agency. It doesn't seem like okay. that. This writer is not blaming the Williams brothers as much as the Wasserman agency. Okay. But let's not forget, there's a whole other crit series, which is the ones behind like Athens Twilight and Speed Week, which is currently happening in southeastern United States, of which Legion of L.A. participates and uh-huh. okay. almost crushes everybody at. So two different topics here. First okay. off, new crit series for the Williams brothers. Everyone wondered why they weren't participating in the NCL. Now we this know why. why. Yeah. Because they have a crit series coming, yet to be announced. Very exciting. Good for them. Nothing more. American Cycling can do nothing but support more bike racing. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's definitely in true. In theory, I saw uh, a lot of roadies out this weekend, so it must be a thing. Yeah. So. So that's going. Do you guys want to talk anything at all about this entrepreneur claiming to be the brilliant one behind a crisis? Well, I don't know if he... That's making him sound like more of an ass than he sounded. I say he's the brilliant one. I don't feel like the guy was like, I came up with the... Re- like, yeah, re-re- that's true. I, when I read, he was sort of like, hey, I don't think I recreated the wheel here, but like I was in talks to get this thing going with these other folks. And then they just ghosted me, and then suddenly they're putting it out. So, you know. And the article, the article in Cycling Weekly, everyone should check it out. Cycling Weekly says that they have seen some of the emails. There's a lot of like legal and corporation documents, and there's a financial model that they presented to Wasserman, but nothing was ever really signed. So there was never like a contract. The feeling from the entrepreneur is, you know, hey, I did a lot of the work here. Uh-huh. Ramiz. Tace, apologies if I'm getting the name incorrectly uh, pronounced, but that that gentleman feels that it was kind of his idea that he approached uh-huh. Wasserman and uh-huh. the Williams Brothers about uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. So this entrepreneur, in retrospect, is feeling like when he reached out to this agency, he should have led with an NDA. I guess. I think so. I, even at the end of the article, he's like, look, man, like, I wish him best of luck, but, you know. That's a bummer. Uh, like, like, like the, the, he he comes across as actually a pretty decent person. He's like, I'm not going to take legal action, but yeah, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we were having conversations. I mean, to be fair, I've had some pretty good ideas about crit racing leagues and all all kinds of cycling leagues for pretty much my entire cycling fandom. Yeah, but you just yeah, tell I wasn't us. really in talks with any agencies, but, but you just you know. tell us. Yeah, that. that's the that's yeah. different. Yeah, it's not like you were it's not like you were talking to the most popular cyclist in America. Yeah, the well, cover the cover uh uh you know, the cover model of several bicycling magazines. I mean, I talked to the I talked to a couple of hosts of um the most popular cycling podcast in America. Does that count for anything? Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it does It's a one way trick it to my heart. Well, I'll let them so, know. Anyways, I wish uh, nothing but the best to uh, the Crit Series. Um, I will say that uh, um, Ramiz Taste does, does say that he had $15 million in seed capital <laughs> raised. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you need a place to spend that in the cycling world, come find us. Yeah. Uh, we have a great uh, cycling podcast. That we'll <laughs> Spencer's got a lot thousands. of ideas about... 
crit racing I got, series, I guess. I mean, have you? I bet have he'd you give them to you. Crit racing, but on a closed circuit that's indoors. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's banked. Like it's going to be a, a mm. kind of like a, a, a track that you go around multiple times. It's going to be great. It's just like crit racing, only you can see the whole thing and it's exciting. Well, nah, that'll never work. <laughs> that'll never work. What if I took the brakes off the bikes? I like it. Ooh, like that it. sounds even more exciting. Uh-huh. Um, so, anyways, crit racing is going on. And then Speed Week, separate story. <laughs> if anybody hasn't, for the sake of this type conversation, head over to one of the most and must follow Instagram accounts. And that would be uh, Corey Williams, nation's number one beast, uh, one of the best riders in America in cycling and especially Criterium Racing, uh, Justin Williams' little brother. And they are out at, uh, I don't know, one of the Speed Week races in Southeast Georgia and completely gets chopped into a corner bike racing shoulder to shoulder. That's fine. Horrible crash. Looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the record, looks like probably shouldn't have taken the inside line there at 42 miles an hour. Yeah. Little yeah. guy. What do you right. think after seeing the video? I mean, the one guy, yeah, one guy, he was definitely at fault, but it, it wasn't like, I don't know. It didn't seem like a, an intentional crash or something. It was just, you try to take that line, hit the bars or whatever. I don't know. Yep. And then, uh, Robin is racing or something. I don't know. Robin's racing. I don't think there was a line there, little guy. <laughs> I don't know what this guy was doing. I don't know. Doing. I I only watched it once. Maybe you guys have watched it five times and slowed it down. I thought it looked like there was a little bit of space there, but I think it could have. Unfortunately, made. someone crashed. It's it's so either it's, that or this guy has literally never taken a corner on his bike before in his life. Well, how do you get which, to the, the end of the race? I, um, I know. So I well, don't think that that is the case. Yeah, no, that's true. Did the guy get DQ'd for the move? I don't. I don't know. No, he, uh, his team ended up winning. Um, the team is called American Cycling. That uh, I don't know much about it other than it's a creative Florida, name. So congratulations for them winning. Um, but anyways, the the crash happens. Yeah, big Here's drama my, on the internet. Big, big drama. Yeah, big drama. This is why like, we're talking whatever. about it. This is like, what we're talking about. Everyone's Here's going my take. crazy on the social medias my, about this. My take isn't about that crash per se. My take okay. is it makes crit racing look horrible, but I do feel that I come across several videos with within the Legion of LA ecosystem glorifying bumping and rubbing is racing during the course of a race holding wheels and very like bike racing is uh tough reinforcing the message that um you know these are uh gladiators and supreme mm-hmm. athletes on two wheels going 40 miles an hour and there's a lot of bumping a lot of people want to get on the legion train because it is the best team as we witnessed last year with crit beef at some point I do get to the point where it's like, man, there's a lot of crashes that are happening and it's, it feels like it's glorified a little bit too much and it's going to cause participation in crit racing to go down. I want nothing to do with crit racing after seeing these <laughs> videos consistently yeah, yeah. and the bargy, RG bargy that happens even at the pro level and then how it trickles down into like cat threes, cat fours and cat fives. Mm-hmm. At some point, there's just too much glorifying of the crashing going on. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You think it trickles down or it trickles up? I can't tell. I think it trickles down because I see it too much where it's not the crashing that's glorified, but it's like the physicality of the sport. So it creates this like, oh, I have to be the first person into that corner. And if I put someone down or if I rub someone, ah, Robin's racing because we're always rubbing racing. And I'm like, so it's really hard to say what you did there is wrong when there's always rubbing is racing going on around the ecosystem of legion mm-hmm. so to me I it's mean, a okay. it's a little bit of a stone uh, glass house that's that's the opening salvo i don't yeah. agree with any of that at all actually <laughs> I, I haven't seen any of that um what I have seen is uh, Corey made the post about the crash and was like, here's the video. Look at Ty Magner getting chopped. Look at Robin Carpenter getting chopped. Um, these guys go down, um, blah, blah, blah. What a 
BS move that was there was no line there and there wasn't. Agreed. But the post following up is him in a similar situation where he's like, this is what I do. And, you know, they make all the videos, so they have record of it. He's like, here's me trying to get ahead of somebody going into a corner and there's not space, so I back out. Of course, the video ends with him then going to a sprint with the guy in front of him and coming around and winning. So it's mm-hmm. a, a double punch there for a great video of, look, I didn't do the douchey thing. I didn't rub and race. And I still roasted you in the sprint. Um, a pretty great video, but I don't think that they glorify that overly. Um, I do think in general, social media likes to show that because it's the part of cycling that people outside of bike racers don't understand. Like you look at the Tour de France and you're like, okay, yeah, 200 guys riding down the road for six hours is boring. There's a lot that happens, right? There, um, there is. And I will I, say, I, I think the culture around Legion and just uh, crit racing in general is there's certainly some machismo and whoever this dude is who made this wild yeah. move is guilty of that, I think. But um, I mean, I'm thinking uh, I follow... Rasan Bahadi on Instagram, who is constantly, constantly posting about do not take your hands off the bars in the pack. Do not touch people in the pack, like shaming, naming and shaming people on his, on his mm. social media. And that's a, you know, that's a former national champion at the crit level. He's still racing at a super high level. And, uh, I think, you know, he hangs out with the Williams brothers all the time. So, I don't think that that is a thing that they try to glorify. Um, and I think you're offline with your opinion uh, on that think, one, Tim. You think Tim came into the corner a little too hot? You think he I think he came he down raced? the middle of the road uh, full blast and I didn't did. have a plan on how to exit that corner at all. Oh, no, I totally had a t- plan totally because a you will find in the go- you'll find in the Google chat that immediately, f- like six posts down, ten posts down, is... <laughs> A preview of a YouTube video from uh, Corey, which, again, I actually watched the video. It's a great video. It's just all about the argy-bargy in the Peloton to show what's going on. Like, at some point, it reinforces Mm -hmm. the machismo, sure, of the horrible move. I'm not a big fan of the move. I'm just saying, like, at some point, you put it on the video that it's like, oh, you know, Lots going on in the, so the world rubbing, of professional rubbing cycling. Is racing though, Tim? Like that is a part of crit okay, racing. So it's then, a part so of track little racing. Guy, little guy talked about it, and but then there's also no like wheel chopping. Like that's those are different things. Is it chopping wheels when you have the your shoulders in front of the other person? I mean, you know, like that's going to be the argument <laughs> from chopping like the wheels other when your wheel chops the other guy's wheel. Did his wheel chop? Cute? I had to watch it again. I thought he hit his handlebars. Did he chop his wheel? It, 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 was a, it was a brutal move that makes me want nothing to do with crit racing or even go watch it, to be perfectly honest. Because, like, that type, it's just savage to see the crashes and what happens to these guys and women, mm. men and women that just, like, get destroyed. And I just, it's tough. So, uh, you know, Rob, bring me back home on the next episode of Criterium Nation. But this type of thing has completely lost me that it doesn't matter if there's a new multi million dollar crit series. Like I, well, I'm just I mean, maybe that not lost me it. too. I don't care if there's another quit series either. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think the, um, I, I think you're arguing two different things. You know? Okay. Yeah, probably. Well, that little guy's on my side. He's got a sweet puffy jacket. It's like armor for deflection of any type of critiques. Yeah, if everyone was wearing um, a puffy jacket, they wouldn't get hurt. That's right. Well, anyways, Criterium Racing is alive and well here at America. The season's happened. Uh, it's Speed Week. And, uh, yeah, continue to follow along. And uh, I am sure by the end of it, when it comes to Tulsa Tough, uh, Legion of LA will win every single race because they have the best racers in America. And they're continuing to do it, just not on the National Criterium League the calendar. Yeah, I guess. I don't I, – I'm so confused. We've talked about it on I the show. They, I've listened to Rob talk about it. I still am so confused about. I'm wondering if like series. they'll ever race against each other at a race, and then it's like, ooh, it's like when uh, WCW and WWF would show up for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it would be a really big deal. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I'll believe you. Awesome, that's a thing. <laughs> Let's go to this week's Prem Lap. 
Hi everyone, I'm Jens Folk and I do not listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. Alright guys, here we are in the Prem Lap. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Thank you for your continued support. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to become a supporter of the network. We have a wide array of shows covering everything from gravel cycling at the Grodio, indoor racing with the good friends at Nowhere Fast, to cyclocross and mountain bike coverage from good friends at Cyclocross Radio, and of course the aforementioned Criterium Nation with Rob Kelly. Now, I know um, Nowhere Fast covers like the eSports and the Zwift and all those um, Be Cool and all the other series uh, for for eSports racing, but do you think they could cover like cycle ball and some other indoor uh, cycling sports? Do you think uh, if we pitch that to them, you think they would be open to it? Like oh, they would, they indoor. would sponsor us for a, um, they would sponsor us for a press pass at Glasgow. I mean, World I, ju- I just want to know more about it so I can get up to speed before we have to go <laughs> and spectate. Uh, to be perfectly honest, and I know that they do uh, good reporting and good work uh, generally on that show. So I, li- I like it when you say when we have to go because we've shamed ourselves into going to Cycle Ball. Um, yeah. It's going to be crazy that night in Glasgow. I hope others come join us um, for the uh, the big events at the indoor cycling oh, and certainly. also at the Fife Speedway, Cycle Speedway. Um, we will have to do a roller derby proposition at the same time on the three-person race that is the three of us at the Fife Cycle Speedway. I've received confirmation that the three of us can borrow bikes and race against one another Perfect. on the track. Um, three laps. Uh, I will definitely be the opening odds favorite on rollerderby.com. <laughs> yeah, I know um, who I'm putting and, my money on. And definitely go over to rollerderby, R O U L E U R, derby.com. As the Giro is around the corner, one of our favorite things from the Wide Angle Podium Network, members mm-hmm. get an extra 500 points. And as we like to say, put your internet rep- reputation where your mouth is. Yep. And almost certainly I'm gonna, the best. Uh, I'm going to put little guy on the spot, actually, with a roller derby prop right now because I want him to put his internet reputation on the line. Um, one of the propositions over at Roller Derby regarding the Giro right now is will Posavivo win a stage at the Giro d'Italia? Yes or no, little guy? Well, you know, I don't I don't like to make intelligent, like uh-huh. sound financial decisions when it comes to, to wagers. So I got to go with the heart. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Uh, <laughs> Five to one return on that. Do oh, I, do I really believe it? I don't know, but man, I no. I think more likely he'll roll to like 11th on GC, which is, you know, it's pretty good. It's, so, it's great. It's so a little guy. It's like 39, 40. I've only got 25 points in play right now. And that is if there will be a crash involving a car at the uh, Giro. Um, but, the bigger question is um, of what riders not name Remco or Prim- Primos who will finish best at the Giro? Who do you have? Well, that's a short list. See, I no, I feel like wait, are we going to get into this now? We're still technically in the Prem lap, but I feel like this is like we're we're segueing into. All right, the, the all right. Well, let's, 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 we are. All right. I tried now to ask an open and shut question, and Tim all right, all right. opened it up. The let's let's get, I think we got to segue out, and then we yeah, can talk yeah, some. No, Giro. Do this one real quick. Do this real quick, and then we'll get mailbag. Then we'll go Giro. <laughs> Almeida. Almeida. Okay. All right, wow. he's on the that's list. A, that's he's on the list. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, guys, here we are back to the show. We'll get to Jiro Talk in just a minute, but let's visit the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com email bag. This week brought to us by our good friends at Little Guy's Puffy Jacket Company. Little Guy, do you have a company name? Um, Is this all falling under the teapot brand? Yeah, oh, little guy. there you go. I the forgot. Tea, I started to remember what, what incorpor- <laughs> things I had uh, fake incorporated uh, in the past. We, yeah, it's weird. Teapot Cycling Brand. Uh, Hogan's Biscuits is a is a minority sponsor, though. Okay. We are definitely right. your um, your people, little guy. We're, we're here for you. First email comes to us from Bill Olimpson. 
um, at uh, girlbikelove.com. Dear Matt, artificial intelligence is here to change cycling. We were curious how chat a chat GPT would visualize the future of indoor cycling. So we asked what cycling could look like in 10, 100 and 200 years. Mm-hmm. And here are the results. We wanted to share this article with you because of the growing cur- curiosity about the role of artificial intelligence in our daily lives. So little guy, have you had a chance to take a look at this? Yeah. Chat GPT competition. Yeah. Indoor cycling. Yeah. It looks amazing. It changed my way. I think about indoor cycling. I'm never, I was hoping that I was hoping that bill would actually come to us with some questions about, I don't know, rail bike future, the future of rail biking, according to chat GPT Uh 10 years from now, we have virtual reality integration. All right. Going to live in that meta metaverse. You can do some interactive coaching and definitely some sustainable designs. Mm hmm. But 100 years from now, holographic workouts. Holographic workouts. Really? 100 years, we're not going to get holographic workouts in our lifetime. I mean, I feel like Tupac's already showing up to uh, Lollapalooza, so we could probably uh, find a a way with a holograph. So we could probably find a way to do some holographic uh, technology. Um, Biometric scanning 100 years from now. Um, Uh But 200 years from now, little guy, this is when it gets exciting. Energy generation. Quantum computing and mm-hmm. teleportation. Teleportation wow. would be handy. So, little guy, where would you go if you were like on a trainer 200 years from now and you're like, this sucks? Because guess what? 200 years from now, riding your bike indoors, still going to suck. So, the question <laughs> is, where would you teleport to? Uh, I'm assuming most of the world would be a post-apocalyptic wasteland at that point so uh, uh little uh, little guy Iowa. the Giro is coming so i'm sure you're gonna see some great ads for vacationing in azerbaijan or in things Croatia. like that you're gonna yeah. get all excited about it uh i can't believe you didn't pick one of these yeah i forgot about the azerbaijan ads. <laughs> 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 i go to croatia okay croatia not too bad all right, let's keep this uh, show on the road to our next email. Um, this one is going to be uh, from Matt Watts, longtime friend of the podcast. I believe Matt is in South Carolina now. Um, brown shorts. I mean, we're all we all like Valverde, the vampire of cycling. Mm. But these brown shorts and blue jersey, throw up emoji thoughts. <laughs> and, <laughs> throw up emoji. And then yeah. uh, Matt, Matt included a photo of his uh, two daughters, now both on bikes. Uh, Matt, congratulations. Uh, it looks Thanks. like you're out there on a um, you know, four-square court. I'm a little disappointed there is not pickleball wherever you are. Sure um, there's that picture. But, if um, there's not, great it's, work. it's coming. Yeah. But the other picture um, that I opened second, because I always love seeing kids on bikes, because it does bring an internal smile um, for myself, is Valverde looking resplendent in a AG2R brown short, but what puts it to the next level are brown socks mm-hmm. oh. and a crispy blue kind of tie-dye-ish hyper-color styled blue jersey Movistar. He uh-huh. won a gravel race last week. We didn't uh-huh. talk about it on the podcast. What do we think of Valverde in the brown shorts? One. Two, Valverde is back to winning races. Didn't well, he never stopped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Continuity. I like the brown shorts. Brown shorts, I, brown socks. I like it. I like the brown socks. Love it's it. It's interesting seeing a movie star jersey um, in competition, in a gravel competition, right? Like, I am so used to seeing photos of uh, uh, elite um, gravel athletes wearing you know, some high end small clothing brand that I've never heard of before, you know, absolutely like plain, no logoed, like olive colored mustard colored, uh, Jersey. That's all the rage right now. And so to see a sponsorship logo on something gravel, uh, related is kind of mind blowing. It's kind of messing with me more than the Brown shorts are even, um, it's weird. Yeah. You know what? I'm just stoked to see him back racing, and I hope he shows up as a last-minute entry to Unbound. Um, That'd be amazing. And that just absolutely just like crushes everybody. 
there because unbound. I feel like now, hang on. Now Valverde is just dipping the toes into the gravel scene. He doesn't really know what's what, Tim. This is a prime opportunity I, for you to get him down to this great state ooh. of Florida. You send the promotional email to the right person on his team, and they're going to be like, hey, there's some big gravel race in Gainesville that this guy Tim is involved with. <laughs> the Doc um, Hollywood. He says, wow. he says he'll give you start money a, a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> I bet you could get him there. What do you think the start money would be to get Valverde to a race? A gravel race? 20K. 20, 20K? Are you, are you kidding? That's that is seems, that what you would say, Spencer? Uh, that seems a little steep for gravel. I think for a road race, yeah. I bet I bet you could five uh, k. I would say five k and free flights, and maybe like a maybe a a, a, a double queen. Room you're gonna have to ha- start charging people for that Doc Hollywood if, if you're gonna get yeah, Valverde yeah. to show up. Valverde's got he's got better things to do. You know, I mean that's why he's only dipping the toe here and there in a couple races. He's just yeah. but, okay. He knows he's worth it. First off, brown shorts looks amazing. Um, bravo, Valverde, welcome back. Tell me, uh, tell me, he'll get five thousand dollars worth of exposure. Hello, Slow Ride Podcast. This is Murray in New Zealand. Still here, still subscribed, still listening. Uh, Thanks, Ray. And and I Kia Ora Slow Ride Podcast. The fact that the Lamborghini Euros is named after a discontinued sixth-tier Campagnola wheel set and had to be misspelled to avoid trademark infringement, says it all, really. I did have to look this up. I forgot about the Campagnola Euros wheel set, spelled with an E, U-R-U-S. One of the ugliest wheel sets I've ever seen. Beautiful wheels. The, the The paired spokes? Yeah. They were doing that for a while with all the, the the cool wheel sets with the paired wheels. Anyway, whatever. I liked them. Yeah. So, uh, Murray, uh, thanks for uh, bringing back our love for Campagnola here on the podcast with your eagle eyes. And uh, always great to hear from you. I don't know what Kia Ora means. Um, I wonder if that's like New Zealand speak. I got no idea. You don't know? Maybe, right. maybe yeah. it's a... maybe. All right. I'll Google. Alex, Alex Bond, how to salvage a disastrous roller derby season? Uh, Hello, gentlemen. My Tim roller derby. Able to help with this. I know, I'm here for you, Alex. <laughs> My roller derby season has been an absolute disaster. I got off on the wrong foot with big losses at Crossworlds, and the Spring Classics wiped me out. I'm now 190th out of 197 players, and I'm strategizing my comeback. Rather mm-hmm. than betting responsibly and building my points back up over time, my plan is to go all in on something with low enough odds that a win will catapult me back to the top <laughs> half. But that uh-huh. means that Remco winning the Giro or Cav winning zero tour stages or something like that would be too small of a payout from, to get me what I need. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm def- desperate enough to even consider putting it all on David Gadu at the tour. Betting on a French cyclist to actually be successful is crazy enough that I just might work. Perhaps all you can help. What is the low odds bet for the rest of spring and summer that each of you think is the smartest to launch me back into contention? Oh, boy. Well, Alex, I'm so happy you asked because I am an experienced professional when it mm-hmm. comes to roller derby and being near the bottom. The first thing is, if you go to the upper right of your dashboard, there's a loan feature. You can take out as many loans as you want. Just keep uh-huh. clicking that button. And you know what? I like doubling down. Nothing proves there's no such thing as sunk costs in roller derby. There's mm. only flooding the market with points. <laughs> so what you need to do, go all in on David Gadu and mm-hmm. take another loan out and go all in on Mark Cavendish winning three tour stages. I think he could do three? it. Here's the thing <sighs> about Cav at the tour. They're sending Cav to the Giro. There's no way Cav will be able to do. He's got old man power now. He does more than half the Giro. He will not win a stage in the Tour. So I would say there's a couple. There's another one that's coming up. It's who will finish best at the Giro d'Italia. A little guy said in the prem lap that it was Jao Almeida. Thibaut Pino is at 25 to 1. 
Yeah, for best of the rest. Yeah. I just don't think. Yeah, and other look good. You know, I wanted to be the Hackney Hedgehog himself, Tal Gagenhart, but I don't. I don't know. I think Almeida is gonna come out on top after three weeks. Of those. So, uh, here here's my strategy for you, and I don't I don't have any. Uh, you're gonna have to do the work on this one. I'm not giving anything away totally for free, um, but you're gonna want to look for the bets that are sitting around the fourteen to one. 20 to 1 maybe once you start getting up to 25 to 1 and things like that i think they're too far-fetched um to actually happen but you need to find that sweet spot it's just like your training uh on the on the bike you know you got to find that sweet spot training and just sit there all day right so put put tons of money if you're looking at this um uh, riders not named Renko or Primos for the Giro, you'd be looking at your Hugh Carthys and your Brandon McNulty's, for example. Um, I think Brandon McNulty is a great bet, actually, in that uh, that prop at fourteen to one. That's guaranteed money. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so look, look for look for odds around there. Printing money. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also the I think the most lucrative way to go is the um the to place bets because you got three you know <laughs> three shots like it's not a, a a you know a miss and you're out you're like uh top three is yeah a little more fudge room there so to me there's there's also the 25 percent bonus on roller derby unlike the the juro mm-hmm. win like if you pick the winner so even though the odds may be remco three to two you know that could actually be paying out like a four to one because of the 25% bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, did I ever tell you guys about how when I was a kid, I'd go to the racetrack with my dad all the time? And I, <laughs> he'd put a, he'd let me do a $2. I knew I loved your dad. The minimum was a, it was like a 2 or $3 to show bet. That was yeah, the, was the ponies, it. little guy? On the ponies. Uh-huh. So we'd go and, I, and he'd let me do a two-show <laughs> bet on every race, you know? Okay, all right. So that's all i do. So I would just go, we'd look, you'd look at the horses come out when they parade around. I you know I'd look at their muscles and I'd uh-huh. decide which horse to bet on. Now, and did you would, did you decide based on muscles or did you decide based on cool name? Both and both. Okay. But, okay. You know, okay. I'd, 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 I yeah, you look over the names. We could look at the read the names as we we're watching them before we go place the bet, and then I could just see which one looked looked the most sinewy, sinewy or okay. to me. And All then right. I would take my winnings and I'd spend my winnings on cherry cokes. Yeah. Or roast beef sandwiches. They had solid roast beef sandwiches up on the third floor at Canterbury back in the day. And they had some good frozen yogurt down on the first floor. But depending where we were hanging out, that's what I do with my winnings. All right. So yep. you notice this, Tim, how he keeps casually throwing around my winnings. You know, that's what I yeah. do with my winnings all the time. This saying, guy I, this guy's I, over I, here saying, Yeah, I pretty much won every bet. I'm just saying I was known to enjoy a roast beef sandwich or two in my day <laughs> at the racetrack when I was. This nine. guy can, this guy's got an eye for a good horse. Yeah. Eye for a good horse. Another hot tip. Uh-huh. If you want a good, you want a really good cherry Coke. Uh-huh. You'd be the only kid at the racetrack on a weekday. Uh-huh. And, and you get a, a bartender who's like, Oh, hey, cute little kid. And they're gonna put so much grenadine, uh-huh. on cherry coke. They'll give you like four cherries on it. You get the best cherry coke of your life. I'll keep that in that's, mind. That's how you get a good cherry <laughs> coke. So, great, <laughs> Alex. I hope that helps you. Just listen to the Pody Man, little guy Matt Allen. So pick the one with the best name. Yeah. And whoever looks <laughs> oh. the strongest. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's and basically then, like like cycling, like who has the yeah. best of of the riders who who are gonna finish behind Remco and mm-hmm. and Primos. The Hackney Hedgehog has the best nickname, and that's I haven't true. looked at his legs lately, but I bet they're looking good because he was he was crushing it at Tour of the Alps a week ago. So yeah, he is. He has among so, the best odds in the in the bet. So you may remember uh, Andy wrote us last week. Uh, continued story about the bike advice for dad um, and had the great story of uh, coming across uh, uh, Bradley Wiggins um, smelling like cigarette smokes in the bar. Oh yeah. Time. Incredible he stuff. did reach out and just say, um, Hey, just few points for the future. Very kindly telling us that 
when he says the word hench, it's pronounced like bench and is slang for built or muscular. I said, oh, he looked very hesh, mm. thinking that uh, he, you know, he looked very like metal, like he's going to destroy me. Um, later, I was wrong, so I will uh, fix that one in post. Um, and he said that a natter is like a chat or a talk, and you kind of flick around with one another. So he goes, are you in Scotland for Worlds? Yes, we will be. If you're passing through London, would love to say, hey, have a beer and a natter. Well, Andy, you can find us at the at the Fife Cycle Speedway in in uh, Dunfermline, Scotland, and Nailed also yeah. yeah, and uh, also at the Indoor Cycling Championships for both Artistic Cycling and Cycle Ball in downtown Glasgow. Before we awesome. get off uh, uh, words we don't understand, uh-huh. I googled uh, Kiaora. Oh yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's uh, from the Maori language, and it means have life or be healthy. There you go. Oh, nice. So, there you go. Uh, ooh, this one's good. It's got a subject line, Patrick Lefebvre. This oh, comes you know to it's going to be quality stuff. Jace. Greetings from your biggest fan and most enthusiast, enthusiastic listener here in Coldstream. That's the very same place famous for the Coldstream Guards Regiment. Oh. Look, you're gonna have to look that one up. I, it's a, it's a, it's a country code of oh seven. You know, I do believe somewhere. him. Though. I think that this, this is correct. Probably our biggest fan there. Yeah, biggest fan in Coldstream. Cool. A thought occurred to me this afternoon that in order to retain a long-term financial relationship with sponsor Sudal, Patrick mm-hmm. Lefebvre really needs to fully support his team members and better bond with the riders. Remco's quick fix wins are helping cure the season but please patrick show some more support and don't break the teams apart keep hold uh, of julian alaphilippe who you need to have stick around uh-huh. Uh-huh. it took me maybe my third read at about the second sensor in here second sentence in here that beautifully done jace um way to uh uh you know stick it all in one sentence uh, do you want the second segment of Little Guy Reads from Wikipedia of the night? <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, sure. Yeah. The Coldstream Guards is the oldest continuously serving regular regiment in the British Army. As part of the household division, one of its principal roles is the protection of the monarchy. And due to this, it is often participates in state ceremonial occasions. Huh. There you go. That's good. So where are they located? In the UK? Uh, Coldstream? Yeah, Coldstream. I Come on. Know. Well, I have a, hey, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I don't know, they make glue there. I, I don't know. I'm trying to like, you know, figure it all out. Um, yeah, it's you know, a sticky situation. It is very, uh, very much indeed. But uh, thank you so much. Really well done. Uh, and then the final email comes to us from Chris, voiceless in Sea Otter. Thanks for the shout out. Very amusing. It's hard to lose your voice. The first day of an event where you talk to consumers all day and coworkers <laughs> all night. Chris. Funny story. I'm trying that next year. Um, uh, I think that it's actually really, re- really well done. Uh, you did like beautiful. You can't get fired for it. No, everyone's going to feel bad for you. And you know, it's, 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 it's really not that bad. I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant strategy to uh, just lose the voice <laughs> in the first day of the biggest trade show of the year. Uh, yeah. Well done. Bravo. Um, I did spot you as you were heading towards each other through some giveaway crowds, and it was so nice because I noticed the interesting haircut and figured it must be you. Wow. That's, that just that just means so Interesting. Much. That's, you know, that's a kind way of, of I, putting it. Uh, what I wanted to say was, hey, a listener, fan of the show, thank you, Chris, uh, for saying hi. I always appreciate the little bike industry bits you throw in. Keep it going, and hopefully the next time I see you, I'll be more articulate. No, keep it going. Actually, this is a good... Good bit, good gimmick. Just, just keep, <laughs> keep up the, the voiceless of the voiceless. Um, it would be uh, fantastic. But again, Sea Otter was absolutely fantastic, and to see folks, I hope more and more people need to go. Um, it's, 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 it's the the event of a century. You know, um, I spent uh, all my years in the bike industry going to Interbike and thinking it was a great time in Vegas, uh, and then I went to one Sea Otter and was like, I've been doing it wrong. 
Oh, this entire time. It is, uh, the only downside of sea otter is that a fair amount of it is on dirt. So there's a lot of dust that can come through, but you can go see the ocean, go see some actual sea otters. Um, it's really, weather's really, beautiful. Really Monterey, awesome. Monterey aquarium's so, amazing. You see cars so, or motorcycles racing around the Laguna Seca track. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all positive. Vegas sucks. <laughs> oh, there's only a couple of good things in Vegas and, yeah. uh, that's about it. Um, so little guy, let's get into it. The Giro d'Italia is around the corner. It is oh. being billed as the Remco versus Roglic show. Who do you got? Remco uh, is coming off of Vuelta win. And Roglic oh. is coming off of being uh, the second best Slovenian uh, GC racer. Out of the hat well. trick. That's hard. To, I mean, he's also coming off of beating uh, Remco at Cataluna earlier this year and looking pretty good for coming off of injury last year. And he had, like, surgery over winter or something. So who's to say? We've only seen him once. I feel like Remco's probably, though, going to get the better of him. If really? Not just because Roglic just has a knack for falling down at this point in Grand Tours. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like. It. I'd kind of rather see Roglic win one more because I feel like Remco's got the years to tick off ten more. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, Roglic three Volta wins, but he hasn't been able to put anything else fully. I don't know. You know, it'd be good. So, I'm yeah. Ooh. You make some good points. I I feel like I'm still in Team Primos, but I don't know why. Exactly. Like it's hard to articulate. I really, I just think he'll do it. Yeah. But I can't. Like I don't have a lot to go on. Uh. Yeah. But but I guess there's always the possibility we get like that uh, the Giro where Nibali and Roglic stared at each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then lost it because they just couldn't stop looking at each other. So. So the top GC riders in this race after Remco and Prim- Primo is uh, mm-hmm. the Hackney Hedgehog, former winner yeah. of the uh, Giro d'Italia, Tao Gegenhart. Yeah. And then Jao Almeida, um, a Pogacar, Pogacar lieutenant for UAE, Team Emeritus. Little known rider Garrett Thomas, the sentimental favorite of the Slow Ride podcast. Hmm. Um uh tim's going to get the book hugh carthy was riding well at tour the alps he's also been you know he's been uh-huh. on the podium at the volta sorry guys i had to dust i had to dust off my first edition of the world according to g just crack it if, open to a random page uh, and let's uh, see uh this was published in uh 2015 uh-huh. i'm gonna crack it open at, as the it, it's a little early that he like produces but this was peak garen thomas so let's see uh, i'm feeling lucky um but the mechanics love their job they love all the new kit they could talk gear ratios and tire pressures all day even if you're not too bothered about it before the classics they love all the extra problems they have to deal with the new suspension bike double taping the handlebars tires pressure Fancy wheels in the morning. Mechanics are the king of bike porn. The dedicated followers of bike fashion. That, that folks, is a thing of beauty. According Before to G. That last little bit, I have to say, if you had taken away the word mechanics, you could have told me that that was written by an English nobleman discussing <laughs> the, the peasants uh-huh. in, some, in some area that they controlled and they love it they love the work they love doing it it's in their blood mm-hmm. they just love to do it and the i taxes I they love the to pay them, them. Yeah, they love to toil in the mines for 14 to 15 hours a day, and who am I to get in their way? That's just how those people are. Uh-huh. Uh, Mechanics love geez. solving my problems. Yeah, they do. They love doing it. Double tape, taping bars. In fact, uh, mechanics love getting yelled at by Mark Cavendish. It's a, it's a, it's a way of the future. 
It's a badge of honor. You know? Oh my god. Uh, I mean, I think it is a two horse race, but there are some guys like G who could follow the tour last year, just sort of quietly follow. So could like Caruso. So what's a what's a successful yeah. race for uh, G at the Giro? Podium or is it like podium. top five? I think podium. I think he could even help the Hackney Hedgehog to the win and podium himself because he's got that old man plod, you know. He's just kind of there, like we saw it at the tour last year. He d- he did that one like sort of like joke attack last so year, he's at the old, tour, but otherwise it was so just he, like follow the young kids, you know. So is Garrett? Yeah. I I know we had this talk about Valverde retiring. Is Garrett Thomas like who we have chosen as a pod to replace? Valverde and the over 35 gray jersey winners. He's 36. So I know we've right. got Geshka, who has yet to email us back. So if people can keep reaching out to Simon Geshka to come on the podcast, <laughs> that'd be great. But I mean, Garrett Thomas has been racing since 2006 uh, when he was on yeah. Sunyar Duval and then he went to Barlow World. So it's kind of, I'm trying to think like who else is. Well, Post of the oldie. Is his only real competition for the gray jersey. He's 40. He's been racing since 2005 at the pro level. So Oof. that's the, those are, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, those are the only two that are really, what about, the great what about LL Sanchez? Yeah, but I mean, he's not going to be there for the great, for the, <laughs> for the GC in the great Jersey. Now, he could maybe win a stage in the great Jersey, but he can't, he can't. Um, does Pino count? Pino's only like 31, 32, but since he's retiring, does that give him an extra year in the great Jersey no. competition? And no, but do you guys his, have the Pino Hope? No, I do not, not have Pino Hope. I, uh, but I, I would have say dashed. begrudgingly, I've had to give up the Pino Hope. I don't think I'll be impressed if he finishes. Yeah. Uh, How, here's another green uh, gray jersey uh, possibility for the over 35 title: Balke Malima, the yeah, silent assassin, gonna gonna take think, one out of Heimar Zubeldier book. <laughs> G, Posavivo, and Caruso. Caruso's 35. Don't forget. More consistent than, uh, boy. I don't think Malema's got a GC in him anymore. I. They don't have a, that's, a Trek doesn't have a GC rider because Chaconi got COVID, and so he's out. They had mm -hmm. to rest him. They finally fired the cat killer. I was going to bring that up. They Uh, can't send him. Oh, they I, do fired want to, uh, I do want to yeah, say kudos fired. to the Trek team for finally yes. getting it together and and sending that guy packing because there was that was just the right thing to do. I don't know if he's a great hope for the future of the program or something. I don't care. You made the right yeah. move. Don't feel bad about it. There's a million great cyclists out there. Right. You'll replace them. Supposedly, so, he he like. They, their their thing they said was basically that he didn't like live up to the expectations during his suspension. So God, that doesn't bode well that like you're you're suspended for cat killing and then whatever you had to do, your team was still like, man, you're ticking us off and like, yeah. So he'll be on Astana, or probably <laughs> probably yeah, uh, or you know pretty soon. Heard him linked to Astana. So, little guy, I'm looking here. Um, you've definitely probably done a little bit more research than me. But I am counting three time trials um, for the Giro, so please explain to me why this can't be a two-week race. <laughs> I don't have an That's half of one of the weeks. It's time trials, yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, I don't, I don't, have, a good, I don't have any reason. They knew Remco was going, and they knew Primos was going to go probably, so they threw in some time trials to <laughs> entice them. You know, a positive person would say this will mean that all the other climbers will have to tack a lot to try to make up time. A realistic person would say this will make the race boring. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, we've been trying that for a couple decades now, I think, and it just hasn't panned out, so. Well, tell me when I need to watch some races, little guy. Um, nothing but the best for friend of the pod and hope of the pod Garrett Thomas for a podium finish at this year's Giro or leading the yeah. Hackney Hedgehog to victory over the Johnny come lately's yeah. uh, Remco and Primoz Roglic. Yeah, it'll be good. What's your level of excitement going into this? 
my level of excitement between like high. like Doesn't Roman D high. and Paris Nice. Like, where you at, little guy? You know, I'll say I did not have any excitement to watch Roma D this week, but I went back and watched the, <laughs> you, the Queen. You stage. and countless others. <laughs> no, and it's true. I I was, I just was kind of like I can't watch anything until the Giro because it's it's been a lot of racing, right? But I went back and watched the stage four, like the big mountain finish that Yates won. And okay. Pino, yeah, yeah. Pino made the late move, and that was, that was good. It was brutal. It was like twenty some k long of a climb. It wasn't even that steep, but twenty k. Uh, it was that was kind of good, but I didn't want to watch anything else. I'm saving myself. Uh huh. For the Giro, I'm like a six on the excitement scale. I'm not that excited, but uh, UK Corner's got to be going crazy over there with, with the Hedgehog, with mm-hmm. G. Mm-hmm. With uh, Carthy riding well, with yep. Eddie Dunbar riding well, it's just anyway. Well, they're they're just adopting Eddie Dunbar. I thought we were going to do that. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, maybe they might they might trade him to us. Who knows? I'm just saying the UK corners, uh, pretty you, solid. You, for yeah, this you also so forgot a, uh, a young man by the name of Mark Cavendish who will also be there. Cavendish, Spencer, your boy Jack Haig is going to uh, yeah. the Commonwealth corner. Um, I don't think Bahrain actually knows they have like nine. I'll say, on Bahrain, so. uh, I see uh, Ben Healy uh, on the list as well for um, Ireland, I guess, which is a yeah. UK corner adjacent. Wait, 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 so we're just, well, and with Eddie Dunbar, I mean, I just oh, Eddie Dunbar just strikes me. I love the guy. I feel like he's probably done like a good you know summer internship gap year in New York City. Boston, maybe come on over. It's such a great name, Eddie Dunbar. I'm all in on Eddie Dunbar. My my Irish heritage of Boston he, is starting to bleed uh-huh. through. He's good at Romedy, you know. I mean, he, yeah. Stranger things have happened. I just, yeah. The Commonwealth is strong going into this race, so we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, little guy, thank you for so much for sweating through the day in your beautiful um, puffy jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, well done. I can't believe you finally got it finished. Um, I can't wait to see yeah, what are, you do uh, with the sleeves. We are uh, accepting applications from if anyone's in the VC um, capital world, uh, you know, get in touch. We are looking to launch this thing. Uh, you know, hit the market running. We know the people are hungry for it. Little guy has been teasing on the Instagram, so uh, yeah, we're oh, ready it's to blowing up. For, it's going viral, actually. Yeah, that's, four that's or five hundred bucks a pop, I think, on these. Our our cost of uh, production is right around four or five dollars, I think. And act now um, before inflation. Be low. So, and uh, we'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more about all of our shows. I'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And of course, we'd like to thank you, the listeners and followers on Instagram and Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. This is Tim in Orlando. It's Matt, comfortably warm in the middle, <laughs> cool below the elbows in Minneapolis. <laughs> and this is Spencer, who can't compete with that in Western Massachusetts, reminding you. To always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. You know, little guy, friend of the pod, Derek uh, Lewis, always used to tell us that the most important thing to keep warm is the core. And that was why he always wore vests. He so did always wear vests. is the All upper right. arms part of the core? It's a good question. It's a good question. I guess for, I guess for marketing <laughs> principles, yes, it is. It's very it, important it, that you keep your upper arms warm. And I'm also $500 curious. $500 important. Uh, with the new fashion of jerseys, or the fashion that's been around for a few years of like the the skin tight sleeves that go, yeah, like almost to the elbow, yeah, they would long. be they would be sneaking out on the sleeves of this puffy.
That's true. <laughs> they would be. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't like my jerseys that long in the arms. You might you might off. just again, I know it's a prototype. Um next time you may want to add an inch or two to those sleeves. Ugh. To right above right. the crook of the elbow. Yeah. Well, I win for personal comfort. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation.